Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love stop. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers. Three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. To Bay. She's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now in. I got just kind of excited. I don't know. I'm pumped. Are you? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Because tonight... I'm going to make the argument right now, and you got to hear me out with this. Tonight is the most important game you've had in this city since the Golden Knights won the Cup. It is No doubt about it. It is the biggest basketball game since the WNBA Finals, game one and two of last year. Tonight. Because tonight is the Commissioner's Cup Championship. Now, for those that don't fully understand what that means, I'm going to explain it to you. All right, It is the Aces. It's the New York Liberty. It's the top two teams in the WNBA. But, again, this is has been a tournament format. All right, The Commissioner's Cup is in its third year. It's still relatively new to the WNBA. The Aces won this last year against the Chicago Sky when they went on the road. Now, you play 10 games that count towards this Commissioner Cup standings, and it's the the basically splitting up the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference of the WNBA. So the first time you play an opponent in, in your you know beginning of the schedule, all right, those games count towards the Commissioner Cup, okay, both home and away. So, example, first time you play Seattle, that's the Commissioner's Cup qualifying game. And you go in Seattle, you here, boom, those are two games. And you play all the Western Conference opponents. Whoever has the best record after those 10 games, which usually concludes before the All-Star break, the team with the best record in the West faces the best record, the team with the best record in the East. The Aces, 9-1, and all right? And that lone loss was to Dallas in the Western Conference. And then the New York Liberty um, went 7-3. and three. So those are the top two teams. Not to mention, these two teams are on a collision course, probably to the WNBA Finals. Both are quote-unquote super teams. I really don't like that terminology because the Aces built theirs basically through the draft. The Liberty drafted Sabrina Inescu, number one. Okay, great job, but can't miss because, of course, she was the number one player coming out of college in 2020. But they went and got Brianna Stewart via free agency, John Quill Jones in a trade, uh, Courtney Vandersloot via free agency, and they built their team to compete with the Las Vegas Aces. These two teams have played twice already this year. 
the first time played here in Las Vegas going back five weeks ago, and Naces won handily, winning by 17 points. They played a week ago last Sunday in Brooklyn, New York, and the Aces suffered their worst loss since they relocated here from San Antonio. So in the six years they've been here, they got drilled and and they lost by 38 points. So revenge plays into the factor here. However, this just isn't another game. The WNBA Commissioner's Cup okay, is one of the only games that is set up to play for money. All right. This game is worth $500,000. Think about that. It's worth a half a million dollars. And that's why it's the most important game of the season in the WNBA schedule. This is why it's the most important or most um, anticipated game here in Las Vegas. Because you're playing for a Stanley Cup. Granted, you're playing for a world championship like the Aces did going back to September, right? Those are for championships. So this is for a championship as well, too. But the caveat is you're playing for money. You remember those games when you were maybe a kid and or maybe you were an adult, okay, because you had a little bit more money and you're playing a pickup game and you're playing for money. Maybe you're a golfer and you say, hey, we're, we're playing. We're playing for some money today. We're playing for some big money today. Dollar a hole? Yeah. Dollar a hole or Phil Mickelson, $100,000 a hole, you know, or Michael Jordan, that kind of money. You know what I'm saying? But that's what this game is tonight. The winner, the winning organization gets $500,000. Okay. That's where it's going. So each player will receive $30,000. Now, to someone who's a rookie, where your rookie salary is less than $50,000, That's half of what you're going to make all season, and you have a chance to put that in your pocket come around 9 p.m. tonight. That is very cool. All right. Even if you are a player that's making $150,000 or $200,000 in the WNBA, think about the percentage. One game, almost like a winner take all, $30,000 to each player. Yeah, there's a trophy involved. There's a banner involved, but there's a half a million dollars involved at $30,000 a player to the winning team. So yeah, it's an important game. So you add the money factor into this, and it just adds a whole new light. And then you factor in, well, you got the two best teams in the WNBA. You got the two hottest teams. You look at the Aces, they're 27-3. and They're on pace to set the all-time best record, best winning percentage if they don't lose another game, but they're going to get the most wins. The Houston Comets have that at 27-3. They only played 30 games back in 1998. Aces are 27-3 right now. They've won three in a row. They've won 11 of their last 12. The New York Liberty started off slow because, like I said, they were trying to still mesh together, piecing together a team. But they're playing some fantastic basketball. They've won six in a row. They're 24-6. and They've won 10 of their last 11. You have superstars galore in this game. Not only have the two best teams, you have the two best starting fives. And I want you to think about this. Not only are these teams number one and number two in just about every statistical category except for rebounding. Dallas Wings are number one with that. But the Aces are number one in just about every statistical category. And the New York Liberty are number two. 
But here's this will tell you how good of the talent is on both teams. You have the number one overall pick in this game from 2016, Brianna Stewart. 2017, Kelsey Plum. 2018, Asia Wilson. 2019, Jackie Young. 2020, Sabrina Inescu. How many is that? Five. Five. Aces got three of them, and the Liberty have two. Where have you ever seen a game matched up like that? Never. Anywhere. History. I don't care what sport. You've never seen that. Five number one overall picks on the floor at the same time going against each other, representing the two best teams in the league, in the world. One team has three, one has two. Oh, and by the way, you're playing for half a million dollars. Also, isn't there seven All-Stars on this game? At least. Maybe eight. Eight? How how many did the Aces have? Maybe. Well, the Aces had four. So there's four, five, six, so seven. Yeah, seven. You're looking at seven. Yeah. Yeah. Unheard of. That's... It's an, all, it's an all-star game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot better than an all-star game, I can tell you. So if you're going to the game tonight, uh, enjoy the game. If you can't go to the game, make sure that you do uh, join me and listen on the radio. And the only negative thing about this, as we get into a terrible Tuesday, is this game is not available on television for everybody because it's on Amazon Prime. And I've had a lot of people that have reached out to me and why is it not on ABC? Why is it not on ESPN? Because it's an Amazon Prime deal that the WNBA has. It, it is unfortunate, but now if you can find it, you know, no different than like Thursday night football, something like that. I mean, it's out there. You can find it. But a lot of people may not find the game tonight or realize that it's on Amazon Prime. So more of the reason to try to get to the game if you can. And again, it, you know, game will be sold out. If it isn't already, uh, and it will be a fantastic game tonight between the top two teams with so much star power. And, you know, when you see the intensity on these players' faces, because you are playing for $30,000 a player. Now, the loser will get 10000 And, um, again, charity is involved as well, too. So, and uh, the Aces are playing... Uh, for their charity uh, here in uh, Southern uh, Nevada. So Aces have already raised, they've won actually $28,500 for American Civil Liberties Union of Nevada during the 2022 campaign. Um, and then the Aces have already won 18500 after going 9-1 in those 10 games we talked about. Um, and they could uh, raise an additional $10,000 tonight uh, for their charity. Uh, the Southern Nevada um, Women's Health Organization, which is really cool. All right. It is the Southern Nevada chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Health. So pretty cool. So you have charity involved. You have individual money involved. (laughs) You got bragging rights involved. And 
Remember, these two teams battling for the best record. So if they do meet in the WNBA Finals come September, that uh, home court advantage is with that team as well, too. They played twice already. Aces won handily, like I said, earlier on this year. And last Sunday, a week ago last Sunday, the Liberty defeated the Aces, uh, crushed the Aces. So we know how the Aces are in revenge games as well, too. Avenge the loss of Connecticut, blew them out. Played the Dal- Dallas Wings after they lost, blew them out. Let's see what happens tonight. The line tonight has the Aces favored by seven. Money line right around $3, minus 310. So, yeah, very intriguing game tonight. All right, today on the show, Heidi Fang is going to join us. We'll talk some Raiders with her. Talk about the Raiders now getting ready to go down to uh, L.A. They're already in L.A. After Sunday's game, they uh, flew down there, spending the whole week there. They got joint practices with the Rams, uh, and then they they will play Saturday night with that. T.J. Reeves will join us from Tampa, Florida. We will talk to T.J. Reeves uh, about Wander Franco under investigation. Also talk a little Tampa Bay Rays. Even though they're 23 games above 500, still it feels like the Tampa Bay Rays have collapsed. And then also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New York Jets this weekend. So we'll get his thoughts on that. Chuck Esposito will join us over at Red Rock, our fantastic uh, friend and uh, sportsbook director over there. So a lot to hit on in the show. But we all know what day of the week this is. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. The Tampa Bay Rays. Shortstop. Wander Franco. Under investigation in the Dominican Republic over an alleged relationship with a minor. Now, the Rays placed Franco on the restricted list on Monday as Major League Baseball is investigating this matter. Apparently, Franco has been texting and exchanging social media posts with a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, that's right. That's why Major League Baseball is looking into this and investigating this. So, Franco... Currently not with the team, and uh, a mutual agreement between Major League Baseball and the Rays and Franco that he step aside from the team. Now, Franco took to Instagram to address this and denied all allegations before Tampa Bay's game on Sunday against the Cleveland Guardians. Now, while he is trying to profess his innocence, you have Jose Siri formerly the Astros, and now on the Tampa Bay Rays. He is Franco's teammate. He's in the background yelling in Spanish. People after money. Numbtruck, can we get a Spanish translator? Because I'd like to know exactly what that sounds like. I want to hear Jose Siri saying whatever, how he said it. We have one. Translation, Wait, people after money. We have one first guest. We do. Heidi. Heidi speaks Spanish. She does. We can have her say it. We'll have her say it. So I, I'm going to have to wait 15 minutes is what you're saying. You're going to have to wait 15 minutes. Okay. See if I can remember that. Yeah, that's a long time from now. <sighs> Here's an odd twist of the story. Do you know what Sunday was at the juice box, as I like to call it there, at Tropicana Field? The worst home stadium of any team for any sport. Sunday was Wonder Franco 
Snapback Hat Day. Yes. And you know how that works? Fans, 14 and under, could receive a free snapback hat when they go through the gates at Tropicana Field. (laughs) What was that, Nubchuck? What was the age that you get a free hat if you are what? 14 and under. 14 and under. Does that number sound familiar? (laughs) You have no sound effect for me. Yeah, I've caught you speechless. (laughs) Yep. I did catch it. You had no idea, did you? Yeah. Yeah. 14 and under. And he's apparently having these conversations. More than just conversations. Are there some picks going on here? Do you think there's some picks that no one's talking about? What do you think? Maybe. 14 and under. But there is an uh, update. Oh, we have an update? We have breaking per, news? Per sources, okay. the relationship that Wander has with the, the girl started when he was 17 and she was 13. She is now... What are you talking about? That's... Okay. But how long ago was that? They're, they're saying that she she's now, 14 now. She is now 19. She's now 19. With a daughter and almost then two why, years old. Then why are they talking about uh, uh, this relationship with a 14-year-old? That's what we're hearing, right? That's what we're hearing. Okay. I don't know. Some, somebody better find out what's going on with that. But anyway, yeah, Wander Franco in a little bit of trouble here. Now, remember, like I said, it's Wander Franco snapback hat day. And he did not start in the game on Sunday. Actually, he left the juice box in the fifth inning when word got out that, oh my goodness, this story broke. Tampa Bay manager Kevin Cash was asked whether there was any issue why Franco would not play other than having a scheduled day off. Kevin Cash says, no, I'm aware of the speculation and I'm not going to comment on this any further. The day off was because it was a day off. Hmm. Here's the deal. It's Wander Franco snapback hat hat day. How many times do I have to say that? Say that three times real fast. No thanks. For 14 and under. (laughs) Forget. Maybe free something else. Who knows? He's in the lineup. Okay? You know this is on the promotional calendar all season long. All right? He's going to play on this day. It's his day. So stop it, Kevin Cash. All right? He was supposed to be in the lineup on Sunday. The Rays, upstairs, they said, get him out of the lineup. Don't have him play. The stuff is coming down. Oh, by the way, when was the last time he played? The day before that, on Saturday. Didn't play Sunday. Monday, we get the announcement. Okay, you know, he's he's not playing anymore. He's not with the team. Yeah, he's off starting Monday. He's off starting Monday maybe forever. Think about that. You got to play, and he was going to play. So this is what gets me. Don't sit there and lie about it, saying it was his off day. Your off day is going to be on a Saturday or something else, It's or, or Monday. It's not going to be off on the day that they're giving away your promotional item. Doesn't happen. Crazy. Now, he want to know where Franco is as far as superstar. This guy has superstar status. He was an all-star for the first time this year. 
But this year he's hitting 281, 17 homers, 58 RBIs. He signed an 11 year deal for $182 million, a contract extension back in November of 2021. Team has an option 2033. Think about that. 33, 10 years from now, to make the deal worth $233 million when it's all said and done. Yeah, the guy's a superstar. He's probably their best player, is their best player. You got to be smart. You got to be careful. And how about this? Find a girl in Tampa. Get a Tampa Bay girl. There's plenty of nice Tampa Bay girls. You know, the Dominican, a 14-year-old, just saying, not a good luck. I'll give you another thing, it's not a good luck. We've got blindside controversy. And I'm talking about the movie, The Blind Side. Great movie, right? Actually, is it's one of my favorite movies. Not like not top ten or anything like that. Pretty good movie. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. And why did I enjoy it? Well, I enjoyed it because the football scenes were fairly, I say fairly realistic. The only ridiculous scene out of the movie was, you know, when he's playing uh, in a high school game and he blocks the guy and you know, carries him like 40 yards in the end zone. Eh, that was a little ridiculous. But I like the cast. Uh, you know, we had some great coaches in there. Ed Ogeron made it, made a, uh, an appearance. Nick Saban, you know, when he was the LSU coach, he was in there. Everyone was trying to, you know, recruit Michael Orr. I like the movie. All right. But that movie was 2009. 2009, retired NFL star Michael Orr, which the movie was was about, all right, whose supposed adoption by a, a wealthy white family was immortalized in the film The Blind Side, the Tui family, all right. So Michael Orr has petitioned a Tennessee court with allegations that a central element of the story of the story was a lie concocted by the family, the Tui family, to enrich itself at his expense. There's a 14-page petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee, in probate court, that alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never actually adopted him. Okay, This is according to Michael Orr. Instead, less than three months after... Uh, Michael Orr turned 18. That was in, t- in 2004. The petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document making them his conservators, which gave them the legal authority to make business deals in his name. Now, the petition also alleges that the Tuies used their power to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children, who you saw uh, in the movie as well. Obviously, they were actors. We understand that. Uh, to give them millions of dollars in royalties from the Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million. While Michael Orr got nothing. The story's about Michael Orr, and he got nothing. And according to Michael Orr, he goes, the story would not even have existed without him. True. In the years since, the Tuies have continued calling the 37-year-old Michael Orr their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote their foundation as well as the Leanne Tui work as an author and a motivational speaker. So, 2009 was the movie. Why now? Why in 2023 
are we getting this information? And why didn't Michael Orr do anything about that earlier? Now, I remember Michael Orr coming out after the movie was made. I do remember this. He thought that parts of the movie didn't portray him correctly. And I remember him saying that he was saying that, you know, he wasn't totally new to football. Because in the movie, if you remember, like he's never played football. He's kind of goofy. But you saw him on a basketball court where he was dunking and, you know, he had a pretty good jump shot. And that's why the coach wanted to recruit him to play football. But Michael Moore said that he was not totally new to football. He was not that awkward. But we didn't hear anything until now that the adoption wasn't real. So, I don't know. Bad look for the Tuies, obviously. Bad look for Ole Miss as well. So we'll have to continue to follow the story. But Michael Orr, uh, the star of the blind side, again, great football career in the NFL, played with the Baltimore Ravens, um, really has not really said anything to this degree until now. But, uh, hey, maybe a lot of people will now go back and watch the blind side again to continue to garnish more royalties for the Tui family. All right. It's a Blake Martinez update. Remember our good friend Blake Martinez, right? Played with the Packers, played with the Raiders, and ended up leaving the Raiders going back, what, now what, a year and a half. He retired from the NFL. For, remember why? For Pokemon. The Pokemon cards. Yes. This was a really, a good feel-good story at the time. Blake Martinez said he was tired of starting over in the NFL, felt like he was never going to make you know tons of money, even though, here's a trivia question for you. How much money do you think Blake Martinez made in his NFL career? Under a million. 100% under a million. You think so? Yeah. $268,000. Told you. Very good. Do you know what Blake Martinez made in one year with his business called Blake's Breaks? It's do you know? Boatload. I, I don't know what Take it guess. is. Take a guess. Since we're in the guessing go, game here. One year. Four Since mil- he retired. Four million. 11.5. Oh, jeez. 11.5 million. Good for Blake, right? However, this story is mm, doesn't sound like it's going to end well for Blake Martinez. Found his prominent trading card company. All right. Blake's Breaks. But a prominent trading card marketplace called Whatnot announced it would be banning Martinez's company from its site after an investigation to reports that he had scammed customers, making over $11.5 million in one year since retiring. He was accused of swapping out high-level packs on streams for lower-level packs. So I don't know how many card aficionados we have with our audience. I don't know about you, Numchuck. If you've ever collected cards, probably not. You took the cards and put them in your bicycle spokes. No, right? I, I did. Collect. I love that sound, too, because I did it in my Schwinn. Okay. Uh, not really. I'll give it an eight and a half. <laughs> oh, eight and a half. It was, it was a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The bicycle spokes. Um, man, do you mean, I mean, I got some pretty good baseball, football, basketball cards back in the day. But just think how many g- really good ones I could have if I didn't put them in the bicycle spokes. Go. Exactly. <laughs> Swapping out high-level packs for lower-level packs. 
There are also reports that orders had never been shipped out to purchasers, and that Martinez also alleged to have manipulated live bets on his channel. You could bet. You could bet on these cards. Yeah. With these cards. Fixing energy card packs to ensure no one betting would have a chance of winning. So here's what Blake Martinez said. Here's his quote. Kind of like, listen to this or read in between the lines. I just want to say I'm sorry to everybody that was out there. You have the right to feel the way you do because I know the optics across the board. I never wanted to make this feel or look like a scam. I never wanted to make this feel any type of way. I didn't want to give any reason whatsoever. I know the type of business I run. But he did acknowledge that there would be a staffing change made in his company. Now that sounds like the big wheel in the casino that it's going to land on one. That's a bicycle spot. I love it. I was about going, I was going that fast when I was six. I weep. You remember this? I weep. I was on my green Stingway bicycle while you were trying to rap to my sister. There it is. Blake Martinez, guilty or not guilty? You don't know. You you were no all comment. over. You no were all over the comment. story. You were all over the story in the beginning. You were I, saying, "Man, this is cool." This, hey, look at this guy. He's making money. Pokemon. There's tons of money to be made in Pokemon cards. Let's just say I, I've been. I've watched a couple of Blake breaks. You have. Yes. Okay. And it's sketchy. Really? It's sketch. Really? It's very sketchy. Oh, man. So here we go again. A guy that played in the NFL, a lot of pomp and circumstance going with him in his career and getting to this. You got to go by the book, man. You're going to be held to a higher standard because you're a former NFL player. You're not your average Pokemon card dealer. Uh, Wander Franco, got to be careful. Professional athlete. Oh, man. Blake Martinez. Former NFL player, making good money. Ah, crazy. I don't know. Those are terrible Tuesday takes. If you got some, you can hit me on Twitter at TCMartin21. All right. Heidi Fang's going to join us. TJ Reeves, Chuck Esposito, and Asia Wilson. You hear from her um, a little bit later on as we get ready for the Commissioner's Cup final tonight where the half a million dollars get wrecked with the doctor tc martin you know the musical selections they come up when our next guest comes on is pretty eclectic and pretty ridiculous at the same time i don't know I'm just waiting for our next guest to come in and start singing or laughing or maybe doing the boat. Oh, I have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, now making her way down the aisle in a Lucha Liebre final. That's what I feel like here. The masked executioner. From Juarez, Mexico. <laughs> if you don't know by now, it's Heidi Fang. 
Heidi Fang, I don't know what she is. She's, she's, maybe, she's a, half Spanish, half Japanese, half Samoan. I, I don't know what you are. Irish? What, what, do you, what do you got in you? Anyway, anyway. <sighs> Many stories about the history of my ethnicity. Started in the strawberry fields in California. Strawberry fields forever. A young Filipino man had immigrated from the Philippines to meet a lovely Mexican woman. Spill the wine! Take that pearl! (laughs) And the other side, an Irish Navy man. Oh, yeah, the Irish spring there. Was working in an office where his mother was a, I believe, secretary at the time. And a young lady was getting released from the men's in our camps of, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, history books. But I think it's in there. I'm not sure. Anyway. This sounds like a movie. Uh, this sounds like a, an actual movie or a book. I mean, I didn't know if you were rifting or you actually have, uh, you know, that's that's all, you know, straight from the heart, as Confunction would say. That's all the real stuff. Yeah, no, seriously. So the the grandma that was Japanese was released from an internment camp and had to go into the office, fill out paperwork, boom, meets this Irish Navy guy. And then over in the fields of California, my grandfather and grandmother met from the Mexican and Filipino side. True American stuff right there, TC. I love it. Americana at its finest. Heidi Fang, we never know what's, what is she's going to say. We never know where she is when she conducts these interviews. Today, it sounds like uh, you're actually, it's quiet. There's a lot of grasshoppers. Oh. There's grasshoppers out here and me. Uh, out here in the historic side of West Las Vegas. You know what? I'd like for you to do the, the show one time, either from a grocery store like maybe the cereal aisle or something like that, because I would love to to get some of that ambience going. And uh, usually a lot of good soundtracks also, as you know, in grocery stores. and uh, or, or a drive-thru. Or maybe Heidi Fang in a drive-thru. That would be good. While she's ordering? Yes, of course. Yeah. On the, on the show, like when you're watching stuff, you put the captions. Do you ever wonder why when they're in grocery stores and it's like elevator music, it says Muzak? It says M-U-Z-A-K. Yes. That's a company. That's a company oh, that, prov- that provides the music. I thought they would just call in elevator music a new thing, but make it fancy. No, that's the company that provides the music. Yeah, they call it Muzak. Muzak. Yeah, and, and, and you got to pay Muzak for that. Oh. That's why you never hear like a DJ or anything. You know, it's not like they're piping into a station <laughs> or it's not somebody's playlist. You know what I mean? It's fifty-nine cents a pound. <laughs> Semi-boneless. Use that. Roast. Yeah, I want you. I want you in the in the fruit section. All right, because I I told the story the other day. I struggle in the fruit section. I mean, I love my peaches. I, it's hard for me to pick out a good peach. You know, tomatoes. I struggle with. I mean, because again, I, I'm a little OCD with this kind of stuff. It has to be like the perfect thing. I I you know cereal, all that stuff, milk. Uh, you know, I'm a date snob, so I look at all that stuff. So okay. we could we could have some interesting I conversation. How, I don't know how people do the you what do you call the thing on the delivery thing on your phone with the Instacart. Instacart, yeah. People do that. I don't know how people do that because, like, if you're gonna go and you pick up bananas, well, you know they're not gonna bring you the ones that are all browned up or the overly green ones that you have to wait for two days. 
to get to the right yellow. And then because we live in Vegas, it turns to brown like a day after that. So yeah, you got to find the right mixture of fruits and vegetables on your own. And how do you know they don't go? I mean, you want the organic broccoli. They just don't bring you the regular broccoli. There's like a lot of little things when you think about it that could happen when you're Instacarting. And then you get somebody else's food, maybe. They wanted to have beets, and you didn't want beets. But then how do you return the beets? You know what I'm, de- I, I'm detecting here? You went into the more of the Spanish lingo when you started talking fruits and vegetables. Did you went back to the fields? You <laughs> did. Really? You didn't even realize that. No, I'm check- can I get a witness? She, she came with the Espanol there, the Spanish. I'm surprised you just didn't start breaking it down in Spanish. Should I go? Did I say platanos or did I say bananas? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I got I I got something neither one of you guys know. All right. I've got Instacart history on my side. You do. I, during you the do. pandemic. Now I wasn't an official Instacarter, but when uh my daughter, you know, she was doing Instacart during the time and she would say, Hey dad, you want to come Instacarting with me? I'm going, Okay. And I went on a few runs, and it's exactly what you said. But I took my Instacarting pretty serious, Heidi. You know, I made sure that those <laughs> those those bananas look good and everything, and uh, made sure that I delivered, you know, to the old ladies that were so afraid to go out during COVID. You know that uh, I even you know offered to go in their house, and they go, no, 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 it's coming in my house. Oh, just drop it, drop it here at 110 degrees. Okay, fine. Yeah, I got Instacart experience. I was a damn good Instacart. Let me tell you. Oh, man. I'm more of a scavenger type. I like to go out myself and scavenge the universe. So I figured out, like, if I'm ever, you know, in a zombie apocalypse, I mean, because we got close, right? I'm definitely going to be a scavenger for my group. I'm definitely the one going out. (laughs) I got a little machete. (laughs) You know, take care of the zombies. And I'll be there in the stores finding all the disinfectant wipes because I was really good at that in the pandemic. I wasn't the hoarder. But I found what I needed. Did she just go uh, a little machete on us? Did you? Did, did you just? <laughs> did you go Danny Trejo? Did you go Danny Trejo on us? Machete, machete, machete. Yeah. <laughs> I love Danny Trejo. Roaming the Texas streets as a vigilante and sometime day laborer hired to perform a cover hit. He is double-crossed and forced to go on the run. He is Machete. How about that? I could do movies. Machete. My grandpa with the machete. Like the one that was in the... I think I told you about that. Yeah. I think we had to... Yeah. I remember that. So, like, I think it would be only tradition <laughs> to carry it. Okay, this is too good. I know you're ignoring. Not me, as I'm trying. I know hey, you're not. Listen, this is, this is that too... Was just, that wasn't nice. Do you realize <laughs> that we have never done a interview in studio or on location? It's always on the phone. We're overdue. We, we, you need to get into the, into the studio or come down to one of my locations. Can we handle that here, though? It, it would be hilarious. I might have to make her a co-host. What do you think? You know, Nunchuck think thinks I hour. need to make you a co-host. He's been saying that for she like would a year. Need more, she would need more than 30 minutes. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. The first 30 <laughs> would just be us all cracking up. Uh, yeah, Which is good. Phone does you not do justice. a little fun in life. That's what it's all about. I mean, you got to admit, Heidi, I mean, this, yeah. you, know, you do a lot of interviews. It's, it's nothing like this. Come on. That's true. <laughs>
true. Hey, uh, let me let me get some terrible Tuesday takes from you. So, what do you think about the uh, the blindside controversy? Do you hear about that? Yes. What do you th- What do you think? Miss Leon Tui side my special yeah. look. Yeah. I know all about it. Yeah. Yeah. I heard. I heard. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's I don't you know, there's always three sides. They say a story, right? Their yeah. side, your side, truth in the middle. I'm waiting to see more of the actual details. I find it interesting. Um but the conservatorship versus the uh, adoption. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and obviously this paperwork to support that. Right. So I don't know how it goes from one to the other without your knowledge. Maybe you had, you know, like I think they said that the agent that Orr had at the time was part of the Tui family. So I don't know if like it was something that was signed that you just trusted in an agent. You know, I don't know how that all worked with the paperwork. How it came from one stage to the next, right? And I'm not trying to defend either side right now until there's more of the details, because I feel like in a situation like this, we know that Orr has been unhappy for a while about the way he was depicted in the yep. show, some of the inaccuracies. And at first you always go to the, well, you know, that Hollywood is going to make a story a little more Hollywood, right? Not completely embellishing, but enhancing the truth to make it look more entertaining, Right. Um, the whole thing about him being protective over the little boy, and that made him a great offensive lineman, a protective quarterback, like you protect the son, right? And everyone's like, oh, my heart, I can't take it. <laughs> but then you get into the actual fact of the matter. He was already an athlete. You know, he was playing a good game already. He exactly. already knew when he right. was going in. Right. So it's like, so how do you make the story compelling? Now, what we've seen, it's hard when you start embracing what you've seen when you're a coach and you take that, what, uh, your knowledge from the movie and turn it into fact, like Orr was saying, where the coaches that he would, you know, think about, oh, maybe I could play there, maybe I could play here, thought that he was slow, like the movie depicted him to be. Hmm. Now, that to me is kind of difficult for Orr to have that perception of him out there. And he's this completely different person who's well capable of handling things on his own and obviously has the right mindset and intellect to go out and finish his, you know, what he started to get his books done and all of these things. So it's just, you know, when you have Hollywood that's already laid this image of you, how do you combat that as a person? That's one. And then two, you know, which side really did, have the story one way. I mean, uh, what I read from ESPN, it seems like the Tui family totally blindsided him. Whereas, you know, with Orr's story and the paperwork and all with the conservatorship, the only thing I know about the word conservatorship had to do with Britney Spears, and that wasn't good. So, you know, I just um, think and hope that, you know, at least with the royalties, things like that from the movie, I heard he didn't get anything from it that the Tui family did and all the siblings and the kids. I hope that works out for him because he does deserve to have something represented from himself from that. Maybe he can make his own life story the the right way. I don't know how to put it all out there. I know he's done a couple books, but it's like, I guess as this unveils, it's going to really tell us the truth in what all happened with the paperwork itself. That's going to be enough to lay it out. But yeah, it's definitely, um, 
something that kind of took me by surprise yesterday when I was reading it. Cause like I said, you watch a movie like that, you start thinking, Oh, well, this is so great. This family did so well for him and did all these great things. And then you hear that it's not the actual way it went down. And, and from Moore's side, obviously it looks like they took advantage of him. So I hope that's not the case, but it, you know, stranger things that happen. How many times do you see the movie? Uh, probably twice. That's it? I okay. Was. I mean, the way you ran that thing yeah. down, it's like you've seen it, you know, 17 times. That was good. I got one of those memories that remembers things. There, yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel... You, you said a member of the family, you know, was, was involved. Are you calling out Kathy Bates? Was Kathy Bates did it? No. Uh, Kathy Bates was like the tutor, right? Right. So, I mean... But they called her like she was, she was one of the family, you know? Yeah, so I mean that's the case probably with the agent, you know. Kathy Bates' sister, and it's like, well, they all knew each other. Maybe they're in the same sorority. I don't know. Maybe they live together somewhere along the line. I don't know. But you don't know where those relationships stem from, and if those are the people that were helping, or that were all from the Tui family, then that's kind of you know if he it was in fact blindsided by some of the things that got pulled, then that's uh, you know a tough pill to swallow, not just for him. I mean, in his career, how it may have altered the course of his career. Heidi Fang. People thinking he wasn't, she's on it. She's on it. And, uh, this next story, I'm, I'm sure you're on as well too, because I consider you a Pokemon card expert, uh, definitely in the family, the Blake Martinez story. I mean, you're, oh. you're covering Blake Martinez, uh, a year, yeah. year and a half ago for a hot and, minute. And, a hot minute, and <laughs> you know, Blake said, Hey, you know, I'm retiring the NFL. I'm tired of like, you know, starting over. He made eleven and a half million dollars in the Pokemon cards. And now they're saying, I oh, scam people. What do you think? There, you know, is this whole thing where you can authenticate something, right? You know, that from probably. You know, any gold pawn shop you've been to, you know, you try to go sell a card. You know, here's a fun No, I, I know nothing about that. No. Broke. <laughs> back in the day I was broke, I took some rookie cards and I sold them. I got most for Cal Ripken. I got like a good little low for the Cal Ripken rookie card that I kept and it had a graded, right? I had a nine and a half mint grade on the card. And you go to these places to grade the cards for you, and you keep them all pristine. Don't open the box. You know what I mean? Right, right. And uh, <laughs> you can get it graded. So if these people are just buying them off of eBay, and, you know, you have to really look and make sure there's a certification of these things. I don't know that they do that for Pokemon, but I know that they do it for sports cards. I would think that there has to be some kind of a system in place for anything comic book related, for anything like action figure related that's kept in the boxes, uh, you know, things like that with the numbers where you could say, Oh, this is Pokemon card one, two, three, a Pikachu. I don't know what you find with po- I honestly never played Pokemon. My son just kind of got into it. I got him a shirt, but I don't know how he got into it. Cause I don't have Pokemon stuff, but <laughs> kids, you know, the wildest thing. Anyway, I don't know if there's some sort of system, but I think it's wild that, you know, so many people, if that is in fact true, weren't able to have some sort of system in place to say, you know, how do we rate this? How do we authenticate it before paying that kind of load of money? Because I'm paying, what do you say, $11.5 million? Yeah, he made $11.5 million in one, one year. In one year in his company. I think he sold, yeah. 
Did he sell a card for like five hundred thousand? Oh yeah, I mean, you remember here that six hundred fifty thousand? Yes. If I'm yeah. spending that much money on a card, a card, a little piece of three, maybe two by four piece of paper, I'm definitely checking authentication before I buy a two hundred, five hundred, seven hundred. I'm gonna throw up thousand dollar card. Are, are you trying to say that I can't get that much money for those uh, Cal Ripken cards I had in my bicycle spokes? Is that what you're trying to tell me? You, know? <laughs> you didn't get $2 for that. Dang. I know. Yeah. I mean, I would think of the movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, with all the stuff that he had. And yeah. And like the $6 million man and yeah. how much he sold all that for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to be pristine. Keep it in the box. Uh, Heidi Fang joins us. Okay. Uh, Raiders. You went to the Raiders game. Did did you get a did you get a one of those forty nine candy apples in the uh, media press box? <laughs> hey, I was no, think- my teeth are not trying to play with that candy. Apple. I was thinking about you. Yeah. I even took a picture of that thing, and I was thinking, hey, where, where's Heidi at? Is she over here in uh, the dessert we must section? We just missed each other. Dang, I was on the field. I was uh, not on the field. I was in J Lot. I was everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> J Lot. That almost sounds like you're in cell block. You know, I'm in J Lot. I'm in cell block C. <laughs> Oh, my number was D dash two seven eight six. All right, so what my was phone you? number code was eleven six eight. Oh, look at you! Never, I stopped. I thought you were going to go seven 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 ninety three eleven. No, it would have been more numbers. It was more numbers, right. but I can't get that out on right. radio. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lock them. Here they come. Get Fang in there right now. <laughs> I love making jokes. I was only kidding. Uh, I'm only kidding. What was your biggest takeaway in 30 seconds or left uh, from the Raiders game? What was it? Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell what looks it? good. It was pretty smooth. I think if you have to go with the backup and Jimmy G at some point is injured, you're going to have a hard decision to make between Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. Since Sarah McCormick made a splash for me on one of those, I think it was a nine-yard touchdown that he had. Yeah. I want to see what he does when he is out there against maybe some twos this time. Because, you know, he's probably been some threes <laughs> at the fours. end of the game there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. You know, I'd like to see what he does at the next level, bring him up against some a little bit more competition. He's I got thought the- that was real smooth the way he ran the route. And he's got the best name on the team, too. Right? Sincere. Well, I don't know. There's some good names. Is there? I, mean, names I like the Sincere. Yeah. Sincere is like, that's uh, Sincere McCormick. I might change my name. Sincere <laughs> Martin. Sincere. You know, you know, I put the, the little accent thing on the, on the, on the, was it the E, which E, or the R, or the E. Sincere. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But, uh, Aiden O'Connell really impressed me. And I wasn't too sure what they were going to get out of a Purdue guy, you know. Right. Um, competition wise how he would step up learning what we know to be a very intricate offense so early and it seemed almost like a flawless transition for him so the the brain that he has the way he processes it was good to see his footwork he's real comfortable in and out of the pocket a little bit of pressure situations he did the right thing he didn't try to do too much and that's all you have to do is you don't try to do too much when the pressure comes in to make errant throws or make mistakes, throw picks, turn over the football. You know, you want to just, okay, here comes the sack. There I go. You're rookie. 
You know, we just got game. we just got text. So we got, we, we got to cut you off because the text came in. And says, right. I really appreciate you guys talking more about fruits and vegetables and movies than Raiders. So there it is. That's what our audience wants. What are you gonna do? Well, we can talk more readers maybe another time. No, people don't want to hear that stuff. I mean, they want they want beats. Like you said, they want beats. They either want beats, as in the beats, or they want the beats. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's what we do on the T.C. Martin show. Yeah! Uh-oh. Where's this from? Heidi Fang. Do you know where this is from? This is Ave Maria, okay? I feel like I'm in church, but I got a feeling this is not actually from... Any 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 Catholic church I've been at, I think this is from a movie. You got it, Heidi? I thought it was Shawshank Redemption when he's like, who are those two ladies singing? Right. Those two ladies singing in the jail yard when he's out there. Most beautiful thing I ever heard. Yes. I mean, this is in a lot of movies. Yeah. This is, I just can't name them this all. Is, I feel like it's in... This is straight from uh, your, your movie that we, we just we got done quoting earlier. This is Machete. <laughs> Machete. Machete. Danny, Danny Trejo singing Ave Maria. <laughs> All right. Are you going to L.A.? I am not going to L.A., well, but I will be at every game throughout this season. I will most likely be watching. Not most likely. I will be watching the game at home because I need to know what's happening. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, Heidi Fang. There it is. <laughs> Machete. Machete six, seven. We need another machete, don't we? That's that's fantastic. Were you a Grindhouse fan? I love Grindhouse. Was I a house fan? Grindhouse, the movie, you know, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino and oh, Danny. Grindhouse. Yeah, in Grindhouse, yeah. yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, Grindhouse. Yeah. Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I remember. Oh, there you go. I yeah. remember now. I like Planet Terror with uh, Rose McGowan in it. Uh, the other one that was part of it. Not so much. Oh man! It was a car. Oh, the car one was awesome. The, awesome. The car. It freaked me out. I never <laughs> want to see a part hanging out of a window of a car ever again. I know. I feel you. All right, Heidi. Was ultimately creepy. All right, we will continue to talk with you. Continue to uh, follow <laughs> Heidi Fang Twitter. <laughs> she's fantastic. <laughs> it's who knows? Who knows? I'll talk to you later, girl. The people want. All right, later. That's it. Give the people what they want. That's it. That's what the OJs once said. No, I'm I can't go. Uh, unbelievable. I can't, you know, this makes me think of church. Machete. Not machete. We come back. TJ Reeves will join us. Chuck Esposito. Oh, I don't even know how to go to break with this. Oh,